Hello and welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and insight into the creative industry. This podcast series features a broad range of people talking about what they do and how they got to where they are. Our guest this week is Joelle Honeywell, a London-based cinematographer. My name is Joel Honeywell and I'm a director of photography. Anything that happens in front of the lens, we have to be aware of what happens as it goes through the lens and strikes the film or sensor. Having taken a relatively traditional route into his role, Joel has spent years working his way up in the camera department with renowned DOPs for major productions, going from camera trainee to clapper loader to focus puller. But more recently, Joel took the plunge to become a director of photography himself, and he's already attracted numerous awards and accolades, including four nominations for Best Cinematography in 2018 alone. Previously working with platforms including Vogue, Dazed, ID and Vice, as well as production companies like Partizan and Sunsuch, Joel describes the scope of his projects and who he collaborates with most closely on set. The type of projects I work on are mainly short form, and they are short films, music promos, TV commercials or web content, short narrative, short documentaries. And currently I'm now branching out into slightly longer form stuff of like feature length documentaries. The end goal for me is to work on feature films. The person I work with the most is obviously the director because they they brought me this idea and they've invited me to join the project to collaborate. But then I also, if there is one on set, an art director or production designer, I also make contact with them because I want to know what materials they're using or how the set's going to be built or what they're doing and what the shape is and the sizes and so on because I need to know all the information that's happening in front of the lens so I know how it strikes a sensor or a piece of film to get a certain look. And for me, that's, that's quite important. But in the order of people I speak with, it's usually the director, production designer, makeup, costume. We started by going back to the very beginning of Joel's journey and asking him how he first got into filmmaking. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a comic book artist. So, and then I guess that then led on to me doing like photography because I started playing with cameras. I picked up my dad's VHS camera or something and then I, put, I found these tapes in the cupboard and I put them in and recorded over them and they were my mum's wedding video. Yeah, I think they all kind of led on to what I'm doing now. It's like, it just informs like my ideas of what I wanted to be doing. Between 2008 and 2011, Joelle went to Arts University Bournemouth, earning a BA in cinematography and film production, but admits that he got off to a bumpy start in the industry. I, I think every experience I've had is very useful. I think anyone in, who's making anything, whether it's image making to physical mold making or like whatever you're doing it, everything has some sort of like lead on. I do feel like my traditional studies of a BA in filmmaking at Bournemouth Arts was useful. And at the same time, even though I didn't really enjoy it as much as I thought I should have, there are things that I've taken away from it. Like I've taken away friends from the course who work in this industry now and I occasionally meet them on set and we collaborate and we get on. It was a very practical course for me as well, so it got me in the sense of learning how to be a team member, learning to collaborate. That was the key thing, like, and having the patience to deal with other personalities and knowing that everyone's got an idea and we're all feeding into this big pot called a film. So when I completed my studies at university, I moved back to London. I was broke. I moved back into my parents' house and I was 
sleeping on the sofa because the room got taken up by my youngest brother who's now in the house. So I don't have a bedroom at home anymore. So I was sleeping on the couch for the first year and I was basically looking for a job. I was also on the dole. I was borrowing money a lot from family members to pay for like equipment and stuff to kind of like get some basic set of tools together so I could do the job I wanted to do, which was try and become a camera trainee. I was doing daily jobs in the art department now and then whenever I could through friends who were already working in the art department. Um, I did a small stint at All Free Media editing and I got a small contract for that lasted I think a month or two where they paid me just to cut videos for YouTube. And then I did a TV series called Watson and Oliver in the art department. That was like my first long form project, but that was me trying to work out how it worked on set. That's what I thought was great about those experiences. But I think the first year and a half, it was difficult. I was strapped for cash and I was trying my best. And like, that's important for anyone who does anything creative is you have to go through a struggle to learn that you need to get into this process of like work. It's not a doddle. It's not some easy jolly where you're like, yeah, I'm getting paid to do something fun. No, it's a job, just like anything else. You need to work hard and you need to focus to keep a roof on top of your head. Having worked freelance for pretty much all of his working life, we asked Joel how he got his first break from building a network and finding a flow with incoming work to being able to climb the ranks within the camera department. For me, when I first started, I didn't know what to do. I had no idea who to contact or I just wanted to get on set. I've had some weird roller coaster weigh in where I ended up working on set in the art department through some applications and like going through newspapers. And what a lot of people don't tell you is how to get into the camera department. And how I did it was I met a focus puller called Hopi Demateo on a job where I came on set as I think it was a runner or some assistant, we got talking, I took his number. And I remember him telling me on the day, like, to get into the industry, what you need to do is just find a diary service. And on that diary service, there's a list of people's names and phone numbers and emails. Contact them. Blind calls, blind emails, doesn't matter. Just contact them saying, you want an opportunity. I then started doing the rounds from then, calling focus pullers and camera assistants and DPs, trying to, like, get on set. Admittingly, I got nowhere. I... I assume it's because I was just naive to the fact on how to do it. But everyone has their way and I've seen people do it and they have been very successful. After two weeks of doing that, I just ended up calling Hopi over and over and pestering him every week until he got me on set as his camera trainee. He was like, you know what, I know who you are, just come on set, I don't care. He just got fed up of my phone calls and that's how I wormed my way in. And then from that point on, he ended up training me up and then I became his clapper load or second AC for about two to three years. He took me on a nice like wind of work on features and dailies and all sorts of stuff. So I gained a, a nice rounded set of experience within the camera department from him. And then one day I ended up being a focus puller. But after a while of working as a focus puller, Joel was becoming restless and in need of a new challenge. He explains how a spontaneous moment drove him to walk off set during a particularly unenjoyable project and what it taught him about work satisfaction. This particular film, I got really annoyed with working with the team. Everyone was grumpy and mean and I just felt like, why am I here? What, what is my purpose? I just, everyone knew I was grumpy and bored. I just walked off set and a week later, ended up shooting a music video. Two weeks later after that, same director ended up shooting a music video. 
Two weeks after that, shot a third video. All three of those videos won awards. That director won a Best New Director campaign. And now my career is like launched. And I was like, you know what? That was pretty good and pretty lucky. And that also, again, is a right, right space, right time moment of like, I walked off set, I was bored, just messaged a director at the Blue that I knew from, I met on a job ages ago. And they was like, yeah, I'm looking for someone to work on this. Can you do this for me? Simply because they remembered me from being a nice guy on set and they were willing to give me a chance. And that was my journey of how I got into the industry and became a DOP. You should know when you're happy and when you're sad. And if you are happy in a job, that's probably the job for you. If you're sad in a job and it's paying well, it's still not the job for you. Like you need to be comfortable in what you're doing to make that a career. For me, I was not happy. And now I'm doing what I love and I'm very happy doing it. And I'm not looking back at it. And I don't care what people think if they think, oh, you've made some strange choices. That's my path. And that's my decision whether I've made a strange choice or not. Now with a fast growing body of work under his belt as a DOP, we asked Joel if he had any favorite projects from the past year. But this one project was an early piece that I did at the start of the year. It was with a director called George Daniel. It was, it was a trip to Sierra Leone and we were filming about the upcoming hip hop rap culture there. But why this project was particularly special for me is because my mother's family's from Sierra Leone and that was my first ever trip and opportunity to go to Sierra Leone. And I jumped at it hard. I was like, I don't care. I just want to do this job. I don't care what it is. So I'm already now agreed to it. I submersed into the treatment. But the biggest thing for me is like, I'm going to my parents' ancestral home. I need to, I need to see this. Basically, it was a whirlwind experience that I'm never going to forget ever. And I really hope I can't wait to go back again. I can't wait to do it again, just to return to that country. It's absolutely beautiful. It came out great. It's, it's on the internet now. It's on Nowness scenes Freetown New School or Freetown Rap. It's a documentary short on Nowness and Dazed as a collaboration that they're doing at the moment. In 2018, Joel also worked on award-nominated short The Eyes Have It, created by director and former Olympic volleyball player Savannah Leaf. To the core of it, me and Savannah are both mixed-race people from London. She's got some link to American heritage because she lives in the States. So it's a, it's a very American story, mainly. And so it's the script. And basically, because it resonated with me. And I was like, yeah, I want to do this. I don't care how we do it. We've just got to do it. And she goes, I don't have any budget. I want to shoot this, though. And I would love to shoot with you in black and white because I love your black and white photography. We'll probably hire a digital camera and go shoot. I was like, nah, 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 nah. I've got some film stock. I'll donate it to the project. So I donated 10 rolls of black and white film, which is really expensive to like process. Um, so she just basically found the money for processing. And I contacted all the rental companies in London, like Panavision, Ari, One Stop, all the other companies, just, just to try and get some sort of kit to piece together a proper shooting kit. So Panavision gave us a camera. Ari gave us some lenses. Feral Equipment gave us all the grip kit, like a slider. We had a steady cam operator donate his time to us, a crew that donated their time to us just to help make the project because they knew I believed in it. And I was like, so like, guys, if there's any favor I want, this is it. Please just help. And we all came together and shot it in two weekends, just around the UK. And a lot of people assume we've shot it in the States. But that's the, the magic of shooting in black and white. It, pulling all the colour out of a place and just choosing the right shapes and the right elements, you can trick the audience that we shot in the States. And that's filmmaking for me. Like, that's raw filmmaking. Being able to suspend the, the belief of an audience that you're in a different world without actually being there is what essentially why I want to be a filmmaker in, in, 
it's that's that's quite magical and the story was powerful enough to like get through to the hearts of many people who watched it but when he was first starting out as a dop joel says that he became conscious of people hiring him for his appearance over his skill set when i first began the projects i used to be approached for a lot was stories about black culture in the united kingdom and for me that became slightly problematic not that it's good that there are stories being told about black culture in the united kingdom but for me in general that that moved along i started to realize that i would only get approached for projects in africa the middle east or anyone that was just if there's a black skinned person in the project i would be picked for it and the excuse would be you're right for this project and there was no other explanation where whether it was like i like your work or whatever it's just you're right for this project and that irked me because that made me feel uncomfortable that maybe my skills aren't good enough and i only am got to, have only got this job based on my skin color so i then started seeking out projects that featured more diversely balanced projects where sometimes they would feature only white people or asian people and then i started to realize that i've managed to shake that off and broaden my scope to doing much more broader pieces of work where i then realized people were approaching me based on my talent or based on what i was making and that opened my mind to that people are actually approaching me for what they see on my website rather than what i am as a person along with his work on the eyes have it joel has undertaken multiple projects that didn't have a fee attached We asked him how he juggles paid and unpaid projects, what role unpaid work plays in his career, and how he's able to balance this out with commercial commissions. So, I do probably three freebies in a row, and then I do one big budget job to help tie me over, and then I do a bunch of freebies again. Because at the end of the day, it has a knock-on effect. Everything you do has a step forward somewhere. So that's how I see it. And I'm still at the beginning of my career as a director of photography, so I'm at liberty to make those sacrifices now and I'm still young so it doesn't matter if I'm suffering a bit or whatever or like I'm not getting paid for every project. I think you just need to consider your circumstances. So for me like I'm not going to work for free if I know that I can't afford to pay rent that month. Like you have to be logical about it. So if someone wants to work on a project for free or like has been optioned for a project for free and they love it just just be aware like i'm not going to recommend you go and throw away your life to 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 suffer on something for a real piece when and then you can't make rent at the end of the day or you can't eat that's just stupid you need to be smart about it but like i want to be making feature films at the end of the day as i said before what drives me into making those feature films is i want to make films that mean something and that resonate with people and have some sort of story behind it that will change people's lives no matter how big or small that little glint of like change can be and it could be as simple as like i'm doing a give blood commercial the reason why is because it's something that is supporting a cause that's important so that's why i choose certain projects to go that way and sometimes like you have to bite the bullet and do the crappy jobs first like someone's coming with you with only one type of job like you only do fashion jobs but you want to be doing stuff that's like geared for something else well take the fashion jobs but do talk to the directors and say do you do anything else apart from this i would love to do your passion project that's like completely unrelated to fashion because they may have one or two sitting around that they want to do and that could be that freebie you want to be doing because that's going to help change your career by changing your real bit gearing it to doing something else and it's back to that thing people approach you for what you have on your real having a much more diverse real work 
people are going to be approaching you for those different things. So it's, it's good to be well-rounded in what you can do. Try not to focus on one thing if you want to be doing be an approach for different things. If you want more choice, show more choice in your showreel. And your reel isn't like a five-minute video. Your reel is a body of work that's on a page like a portfolio. They want People want to see complete videos with your name linked to it as a credit saying you did this role. Lastly, Joel shares his words of wisdom for emerging creatives and specifically his thoughts for aspiring filmmakers and cinematographers. Don't think about what other people have done. Like, There's people who make a rise rapidly overnight. They, they find an idea or find a calling and they do it and it happens to do something overnight and they've launched their career and they're now in the skies and the heavens above. And then you're looking at yourself going, oh, why am I not doing that? Dude, just get up off your ass and do it. Like, if you want to be a director, go get some experience on set. It doesn't matter how long you feel like or how ready you're going to, how you're going to do it. But like, go get some experience so you know what the job entails. And when you feel like you're ready, go for it. Don't just sit around going, oh, I need to save up some money first. No, dude, like you've got to take the risk and do it. Like it could be now or it could be never. That's the advice I could say is like, take a risk. But if someone wants to make a leap into doing that job, I highly recommend them to get some on-set experience first or some, some form of experience of filmmaking. Because what you don't want to do is jump into an opportunity or a job and you screw it up so much. Because at the end of the day, a lot of people's time is on the line. You need to be aware of what other people are doing. You need to be courteous and conscientious of other people's around you on those jobs like it's a team team gang and if they're bringing something to the job you need to be bringing something to the job you bringing no experience to a job is not going to benefit other people on that job you're actually going to hold them back and I don't say that in a negative way for anyone who has a belief that they can do something if you feel like you can do it do it this episode of creative lives was brought to you by lecture in progress it was presented by me, Indy Davis, and the guest was Joelle Honeywell. The editor was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand partners. They include GF Smith, Google, Sky Creative Agency, Colophon Foundry, and the Paul Smith Foundation. For more information, check out lectureinprogress.com, and you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs>